Hello, all my nieces and nephews, and welcome to Auntie JoJo's Library. All listeners are welcome in my library, but it was specifically created for my seven wonderful nieces and nephews. This is a special bonus episode. I want to get us geared up for Thanksgiving and excited to give thanks this Thursday. This is a story called Aunt Susan's Thanksgiving Dinner. It was written by Lucy Mauld Montgomery. It's a story about sisters who are dealing with the death of their parents um, and trying to cope with that for their first Thanksgiving. They have an aunt named Susan who they love dearly, but she is a little bit difficult to deal with. Let's get started. Here's Aunt Susan, girls, said Laura, who was sitting by the north window. Nothing but north light does for Laura, who is the artist of our talented family. Each of us has a little pet, new-fledged talent, which we are faithfully cultivating and hope that it will amount to something and soar highly someday. But it is difficult to cultivate four talents on our tiny income. If Laura wasn't such a good manager, we could never do it. Laura's words were a signal for Kate to hang up her violin and for me to push my pen and portfolio out of sight. Laura had hidden her brushes and watercolors as she spoke. Only Margaret continued to bend over her Latin grammar. Aunt Susan frowns on musical musical and literary and artistic ambitions, but she accords a faint approval to Margaret's desire for education. A college course with a tangible diploma at the end and a sensible aspiration is something Aunt Susan can understand when she tries hard, but she cannot understand messing with paints, fiddling or scribbling, and she has only unmeasured contempt for messers, fiddlers, and scribblers. Time was when we had paid no attention to Aunt Susan's views on these points, but ever since she had one on one incautious day when she was in high, in high good humor, dropped a pale, anemic little hint that she might send Margaret to college if she were a good girl, and we had been bending all our energies towards securing Aunt Susan's approval. It was not enough that Aunt Susan should approve of Margaret. She must approve of the whole four of us or she would not help Margaret. That is Aunt Susan's way. Of late, we had been growing a little discouraged. Aunt Susan had recently read a magazine article which stated that higher education of women was ruining our country and that women, women who was and that a woman who was a BA couldn't in the very nature of things ever be housewifely, cook, cookling creature. Oh, sorry. I have not had enough cup of coffee this morning, so I'm stumbling over some words, but we will get through this story. Here we go. Consequently, Margaret's chances looked a little foggy, but we hadn't quite given up hope. A very little thing might sway Aunt Susan one way or the other, so that we walked very softly and tried to mingle serpents' wisdoms and dove wisdom and doves harmless in practical portions. When Aunt Susan came in, Laura was crocheting, Kate was sewing, and I was poring over a recipe book. That was not deception at all, since we did all these things frequently, much more frequently, in fact. Then we painted or fiddled or wrote. But Aunt Susan would never believe it, nor did she believe it now. 
she threw back her lovely new sill skin cape, looked around the sitting room, and then smiled. A truly Aunt Susan smile. What a pity you forgot to wipe that smudge of paint off your nose, Laura, she said sarcastically. You don't seem to get on very fast with your lace. How long is it since you began it? Over three months, isn't it? This is the third piece of the same pattern I've done in three months, Aunt Susan, said Laura. Laura is an old duck. She never gets cross and snaps back. I do, and it's so hard not to when Aunt Susan, with Aunt Susan sometimes. But I generally manage it, for I'd do anything for Margaret. Laura did not tell Aunt Susan that she sold her lace at the women's exchange in town and made enough to buy her new hats. She makes enough out of her watercolors to dress herself. Aunt Susan took a second breath and started in again. I notice your violin hasn't hasn't quite as much dust on it as the rest of the things in the room, Kate. It's a pity you stopped playing just as I came in. I don't enjoy fiddling much, but I'd prefer it to see anyone I'd prefer it to seeing anyone use a needle who isn't accustomed to it. Kate is really a most dainty needlewoman and does all the fine sewing in our family. She colored and said nothing. She began the highest pitch of the of the fur, fortune to which our Kate, like myself, can attain. And there's Margaret, ruining her eyes over books, went on, went on Aunt Kate. Will you kindly tell me, Margaret, what good do you ever expect Latin to do you? Well, you see, Aunt Susan, said Margaret gently, I want to be a teacher if I can manage to get through, and I shall need Latin for that. All the girls, except me, had now got their accustomed rap, but I knew better than to hope I should escape. So you're reading a recipe book, Agnes? Well, that's better than poring over a novel. I'm afraid you haven't been at all at it very long. People generally don't read recipes upside down. And besides, you didn't quite cover up your portfolio. I see it in the corner sticking out. Was genius burning before I came in? It's too bad if I quench the flame. A cookery book isn't such a novelty to me as you seem to think, Aunt Susan, I said as meekly as it was possible for me. Why, I'm a real good cook, if I do say so myself. I am, too. Well, I'm glad to hear it, said Aunt Susan skeptically, but that has to do with my errand her today. I'm in peak of trouble. Firstly, Miranda Mayer's brother has had to go and get sick, and Miranda must go home to wait on her. Secondly, I've just had a telegram from my sister-in-law who has been ordered west for her health and I'll have to leave on two nights train to see her before she goes. I can't get back until the noon train Thursday and that is Thanksgiving and I've invited Mr. and Miss Gilbert to dinner that day. They'll come on the same train. I'm dreadfully worried. There doesn't seem to be anything I can do except get get on of you girls to go up to the Pinery Thursday morning and cook the dinner for us. Do you think you could manage? We all felt rather dismay, and nobody volunteered with a rush. But as I had just boasted that I could cook, it was plainly my duty to step into the breach, and I did it with fear and trembling. I'll go, Aunt Susan, I said. And I'll help, said Kate. 
Well, I suppose I'll have to try you, said Aunt Susan, with the air of a woman determined to make the best of a bad business. Here, here is the key to the kitchen door. You'll find everything in the pantry, turkey and all. The pies are ready and ready made, and so all you've got to do is warm them up. I want dinner sharp at 12, for the train is due at 11.50. Mr. and Miss Gilbert are very particular, and I hope you will have things right. Oh, if I only could be home myself, why will people get sick at such inconvenient times? Don't worry, Aunt Susan, I said. Kate and I will have your Thanksgiving dinner ready and in tip-top style. Well, I sure hope you do. Don't get to mooning over a story. I'll lock the library up, and fortunately, there are no fiddles at the pinery. Above all, don't let any of Mr. McGinnis, of the McGinnises in. They'll be sure to be prowling around the home, around when I'm not home. Don't give the dog of theirs any scraps either. That Miranda is one at fault for that. She will feed the dog in spite of it all. We promised not to allow the McGinnises in and all their works, including their dogs, and when Aunt Susan had gone, we looked at each other with mingled hope and fear. This is the chance, said Laura. If only we can please Aunt Susan with this dinner, it would be convenient. It, it will convenience her... Oh my goodness. If only we can please Aunt Susan with this dinner, it will convince her that you are good cooks in spite of your nefarious bent for music and literature. I consider the illness of Miranda's mother a providential interposition, that is, if she isn't too sick. It's all very well for you to be pleased, Lola, I said dolefully. But I don't feel jubilant over the prospect of this at all. Something will probably go wrong, and then there's our own nice little Thanksgiving celebration we've planned and pinched and economized for weeks to provide that isn't half spoiled now. Oh, what is that compared to Margaret's chance of going to college, exclaimed Kate. Cheer up! You know we can cook. I feel that it is now or never with Aunt Susan. I cheered up accordingly. Ever since father died four years ago, we have struggled on we have struggled on here. Content to give up a good deal just to keep our home and be together. This little gravy house, this little gray house, <laughs> oh, how we do love it and its apple trees, is ours and we have it. A tiny income and our ambitions. We've been very happy as a rule. Aunt Susan has a big house and lots of money, but she isn't as happy as we are. She nags us a good deal, just as she used to nag father. But we don't mind it very much after all. Indeed, I sometimes suspect that we really like Aunt Susan tremendously if she'd only leave us alone long enough to find out. Thursday morning was an ideal Thanksgiving morning, bright, crisp, and sparkling. There had been a white forest in the night, and the orchard and the white birch wood behind it looked very like a, looked very much like a fairy land. We were all up early. None of us had slept at all, and both Kate and I had the most fearful dreams of spoiling Aunt Susan's Thanksgiving dinner. 
Never mind dreams, always go by contraries, you know, said Laura cheerfully. You'd better go up to the pinery early and get the fires on, for the house will be cold. Remember, the McGinnises and the dog. Weigh the turkey so that you'll know exactly how long to cook it. Put the pies in the oven in time to get it piping hot. Lukewarm mince pies are abomination. Be sure, Laura, don't confuse us with more caution. Or we shall get hopelessly fuddled. Come on, Kate, before she has time to, I groaned. It wasn't very far up to Pinery, just a few, just a ten-minute walk, and such a delightful walk on that delightful morning. We went through the orchard and then through the white birch wood where the loveliness of the frosted awed us. Beyond that we was a lane between ranks of young, white mist, firs, and then an open pasture field. Just across it was the Pinery, a lovely old house with dormer windows in the roof surrounded by pines that were dark and glorious against the silvery morning sky. The McGinnis's dog was sitting on the back door steps when we arrived. He wagged his tail, but was but we ruthless, ruthlessly pushed him off and went in and shut the door in his face. All the little McGinnis's were sitting in a row on their fence, and they whooped as they saw us come up. The McGinnis's manners are not that which appertain to the cast of Vere de Vere, but we rather like the urchins. There are eight of them, and we would probably have gone over to talk to them if we had not had the fear that Aunt, fear of Aunt Susan before our eyes. We kindled the fires, weighed the turkey, put it in the oven, and prepared the veggies. Then we set the dining room table and decorated it with Aunt Susan's potted ferns and dished a love and dishes of lovely red apples. Everything went smoothly that we soon forgot to be nervous. When the turkey was done, we took it out and set it back on the range to keep warm and put the mince pies in. The potatoes, cabbage, and turnips were bubbling away cheerfully, and everything was going merrily as a marriage bell. Then all at once, things happened. Thank you so much for joining me for the reading of part of this story about how hard it is to deal with Aunt Susan. We are going to finish the rest of this story tomorrow. I hate to leave you hanging, but it's a longer story and I want to make sure that we have enough time to finish it all and it's not a super long episode. So stay tuned tomorrow for the remainder of this story. As always, I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.